Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the Yellow Block Podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. I am Tim. Since we last recorded, we've had one match called off and we've played a full game to completion and it's one more win chalked up on the board. Joining me to talk through the last seven days, Mr. Jared Farmer. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm okay. I will be coming back to you. I'm not letting you get away with that hairstyle. I've also got Nathan this evening. Evening. How are we doing? Not bad. Not bad. You? Yeah, I'm okay. We were just saying off air as well that um, I've only just noticed for the first time that your glasses are very akin to what Harry Potter would wear. Um, yeah, you I'm just expecting a Tim. No, that would be you know inappropriate and wrong of me. Uh, but, um, but yeah, maybe that's why you know perhaps that's why you kind of like have periods where you're unavailable because you know you're maybe always... saving the world. Yeah, yeah. I never noticed that. Uh, and I'm delighted to introduce our latest Loney host, Rob. Good evening, sir. Good evening. <laughs> should we talk some football? I suppose we probably should. Uh, JCH to Charlton. It's all gone quiet on the Western front, or should I say it's all gone quiet at the Western homes? <laughs> no, don't say that. That would be a dreadful thing to say. Um, Rob, talk to me about JCH. What's your stand on this? Where are you at in terms of if he does go? And would you be upset if it's Charlton? Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be overly upset if he uh, if if he was to go. He's not been massively involved. Um, however, to, to sort of counter my my own part of not being upset, I actually thought he, he adds another dynamic to the team, which is occasionally needed. So if we were to keep him in the same breath, yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite it'd be quite good and quite handy. Um, not really too fussed on on who he who he goes to uh, as such, but. Um, 
it, it sounded like it was it was all but done, but hit a bit of a snag with personal terms was my uh, my latest understanding. Yeah, this is what I've read on social media too, is um, around the fact that he was struggling to agree the personal terms. Initially, we got told he was mulling it over, which is why there was this delay. But if I'm honest, I thought that was just there was some sort of gentleman's agreement that he wouldn't play against us and they would delay in the announcement until until we've played them. But yeah, there is there just seems to be a bit of traction that maybe he's not been able to agree personal terms at Charlton. I suppose... You know, we've talked a lot about potential incomes and outgoings, and I, I think most of us as a fan base have kind of said, sort of over the last few months, Rob, that it's kind of no great, huge loss. But it kind of now it's sort of kind of feels like it's going to happen. It, it, you do kind of wonder if, you know, are we kind of do we just sort of let him run out his contract? We could potentially use his personality, his a bit of squad depth, his leadership. Are we kind of cutting off our, our nose to spite our face a little bit? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, looking looking over the, the sort of the second half of the season, all it takes is a, is an injury or two, and he, he could become he could become vital to have and be the difference between sort of automatics and, and the playoffs. And I, I don't know if I can quite cope with another playoffs to be uh, to be totally honest. So if we, if we can do all possible to avoid that, it'd be great. Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we all could. I've already raised your heart rate enough uh, this evening. You don't be needing that again through the uh, through the playoffs, uh, Nathan. I mean, it's. I'll be personally, I'll be relatively pleased when he does go, only because it feels like we've been talking about him leaving forever and ever. Um, so it'd be nice to kind of get that that sort of <clears> finite finish. I went on um, Charlton Live uh, the week previous, and they were asking me about JCH because obviously at that point it was still very much on, and and they were really excited to get him. Um, I was explaining to them he's he's quite one dimensional, but the one dimensional play he does have is actually really really good. Um, they they seemed pretty confident that he would he would kind of lead the line for them, work well with Alfie May, and that there could be potentially a you know quite a decent partnership there. Uh, do you think he would fit in at a team like Charlton? And obviously, we can judge that having watched them play a couple of a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, I, I think he'd work well for probably any side in the league. I mean, you know, his style doesn't necessarily marry with the style that I'd say that we are, especially this season, are trying to play. So I think. If he can still be successful with us, which obviously he has been at times this season when he's he's played games, then I don't see why he couldn't play for any side and any style really. Um, you know, as you've you've said before, I I don't think it'd be the, the worst loss for us to to sell him. You know, to get a fee for for a player who's you know fastly approaching thirty, um, that's you know not going to play. He's, he's going to sit on the bench at best. I don't think it's it's a bad thing to for us to move him on. But I do also see the point that Rob's making in terms of. You know, he could be useful in terms of nicking the odd goal here or there when he does get minutes. But, you know, in terms of the style that we're playing, at the, you know, at the minute, it, it's not the worst loss. Yeah, and I think is though, Nathan, obviously, as a somebody that's kind of um, very a favourite football manager, there is one point that Lod's made on the last episode, which is JCH is earning huge money. He's our, mm. our highest earner, allegedly. Mm. Um so I mean, does that put a bit more impetus on getting him out the door? It, you know, yes, he's he could go for free in the summer, and you know, it's nice to get money. But it's, I suppose it's balancing up whether or not those one or two goals that he may nick are worth what we're paying him every week at the moment. No, absolutely. No, you are right in terms of it. It is getting a player off the wage bill, um, getting a fee, and then you know potentially reimbursing it on um, a so-called right back that I know we're all kind of itching to hear about. That would be what I suspect is the case that they're trying to do, and that would be the reasoning behind it. But, but yeah, you know it is getting a player off the wage books, and and ultimately that's that's never a bad thing if if we can try and bring someone else in in to to sort of replace him or you know fill another spot in in the uh, the squad. 
Yeah, it would be nice to get Zach Sturge back, I agree. But <laughs> no, um, Jared, <laughs> Nathan's alluded to it there. We, we do need to talk about um, about Mr. Kyoto. So uh, obviously recalled by, uh, by Rotherham. Uh, we were all waiting in anticipation to see whether or not he would make their, their match day squad. Uh, they played Stoke, I think it was, on Saturday. Didn't make the team. Uh, Q Rotherham fan Twitter meltdown version 12, I think we're on now. Um, allegedly... He refused to play. Now, this has come from social media, so whether there's any truth in that, we don't know. All I would say is if it wasn't a case that he he refused to play and he was injured or, or anything like that, it, having read the Twitter comments, I can't imagine he'll want to stay at Rotherham after reading said comments because they were brutal against him, bearing in mind there was no confirmed proof that he didn't want to play. What's your take on, on Kyoso and how that, that played out? Yeah, I think it's a case of he's going to come back, isn't he? This month he'll be a Peter United player. You, you really think um, he will? You think they'll? Yeah, hundred percent. I think Nathan hit the nail on the head. I think uh, Jason H will be going. Obviously, you know that. Um, I can understand why he's dragging his feet a little bit on personal terms. Obviously, London price of living and everything like that. He's going to want an increase, isn't he? It's, it's natural. Um, obviously, that's not happening. So, I think I'll probably stall the Kyoto thing, but I'm sure he'll go to someone else. Um, the, the refusing to play thing, I know it's, you know, it's not us he's refusing to play for. I don't like that. You know, he's employed by them. He should be playing for them. Um, but again, whether they've agreed it as well, just in case he get injured or anything like that. So, um, now I, I really want him back. I think he's vital for the dressing room. As we said on the last podcast, he's not been amazing the last few weeks for us, but you can see he's, um, even when he's not playing, I think, when did he come off of the B-Derby? He's running to the fans, he's pumping everyone up. Yeah, he's he's a real asset. And the sooner we get him back in the changing room, the better. Yeah, it's, uh, it didn't occur to me, actually, that maybe there's that kind of, you know, Rotherham wanting to protect him so that they can get that that sale through. But I think you made a, a great point. And I was saying this to, to Sam Edwards on on Saturday, which is if he if it is true that he, he refused to play, as much as that plays into our hands, I don't actually like that. I don't think that's a good sign or a good attribute or something that we necessarily want to be happy about. Yes, it potentially works in our favour. Um, but yeah, it's potentially a red flag if it's true. I guess it's one of those things that we'll, we'll, we'll probably never know. But I don't know. I mean, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Jared, with Kyoto was, let's say we do get him this month, and there seems to be more and more fans that think that will happen. We buy him for, I don't know, let's say half a million, whatever, you know, Rotherham, whatever Rotherham want to go for. Do you think that we should be buying a player that we know is great at League One, but would have questions asked about them in the Championship? Or should we be reinvesting that money in a player that we know can also take that next step up? We haven't got the money to buy a player who can take that step up, have we? It's one of them. I mean, I think I don't. I think a half a million is way too much. I don't think it'd be that. I think more two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand would get him in. It's a very valid point. He's a lot of our players are like that, aren't they? They're comfortable at League One, very, very good League One players. But as we see, the leads the, the gulf between League One and the Championships huge. So it's a very good point. But I don't know. I would still have him. Um, I think it was it John Verrill in the last podcast mentioned that about the step up and. Yeah, that's let's worry about that in May, shall we? If we if we get promoted. Yeah, I well, ish. My only thing, my only concern would be that we're we're buying a player that we then get obviously tied down for a contract. You kind of need to be thinking more than just this season. I think if you're going to do that, I don't know. Uh, Rob, do you think that uh, Kyoso will come back? Uh, and kind of where are you in the whole Kyoso storm that seems to have appeared over the last week or so? 
originally I, I didn't. I thought he was going to going to go back and have to do a job there with a, with a few sort of outgoings that they had, and he would pre- sort of potentially win the fan base back around that had sort of gone against him in the past. But I say over the past week, no squad number for a while. I appreciate that's probably changed over the last twenty four hours, and they've given him a squad number. But yeah, then the rumours of not playing. I mean, I, I'd like him back, but sim- similar to what Jared's saying, the, I suppose the. The concern is if it does go as well, how well is he going to do in the step up to to the champ? But but equally, that test I, was, I would say has got to come at some point if he's exceeding expectation in League One, um, and hopefully he fits into our system better than he has in in Rotherham's. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one with Kyoto, isn't it? Because I, I I do I agree, you know, everything that yourself and Jared have said. It's that I suppose I'm just conscious of pitching a lot of money. For a right back, let's say, you know, in in terms of what they normally cost on a player that I would have concerns about defensively when we go up against some of those bigger teams in the championship. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm perhaps getting a bit maybe arrogant in that I'm thinking about the championship. Maybe I shouldn't, but I just feel like if we're gonna spend that sort of money on a right back, which let's be honest, posh don't. I just wonder if we're we're putting all our eggs in a League One basket at the moment. You didn't struggle for confidence on Charlton Live, did you, Tim? Yeah, well, I, they hated that. They, oh, they hated that, didn't they? So I went on there and was giving it the big... Imagine how embarrassing it would have been if we, we had lost it to Charlton. I was, I was worried about it. When I, I was listening to it and I was thinking, you're right in everything you say, don't get me wrong. But I, you know, I, I backed everything you said, but I thought, Christ, if we get Tom 3-0, you're going to look really, really silly. And then they invited you back on immediately, I'm sure. Wouldn't they just? I'm normally really like you know humble and and everything when I go on uh, other teams' pods, but um, I don't know. It was just something about that that, uh, that I don't know. There was I, I couldn't help it. They were they just set me up for you know wanting to be uh, nice. I mean, look, we're proud of the position we're in, right, and the football that we're playing. So you know, I'm I'm happy to shout about that to other teams. But it did occur to me afterwards that if they pasted us. I probably would have lost what little credibility I've got left. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about that game then. So Charlton won, Posh 2. Um, it was Nathan, I suppose. I mean, I don't want to use a cliche in terms of a game of two halves. First half was very dominant from Posh. Mm-hmm. Charlton really weren't at the races. Second half was better from, from Charlton, I thought. Um, a little bit worried, maybe, going into that last 20 minutes. But it still felt like we were relatively in control. They they had little spits and spurts, but we we were the better team, I would say, over 90 minutes. Oh, no, definitely. And and that's going to happen a lot in, in this league with us, I think, is that we're, we're very much going to be in control of most games. Um, and we are going to beat most teams. But, but yeah, as you say, I, I think it's, it's one of those games where it's important not to lose it, you know, especially from, you know, being in a winning position. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, we got through the test. And I think it, it is a sign of, of positivity in that we've gone away from home and we've not dropped any points, ultimately, in a game where maybe last season and maybe the season before we probably would have. Yeah. Um, I think th- this is a thing that I know we've banged on about, you know, for for a while now. Is that improving that away form um, and actually, yeah, not dropping points from lo- uh, winning position. Sorry, um, and that's something that seems to be happening consistently with this side. So yeah, I think Saturday against Charlton was a, a prime example of that, where we could have gone under, and maybe in previous seasons we would have. When you know they've they've kind of. Um, pinned us back and, and started having a go at us um, and actually we've gone the other way and, and gone and won the game and while ultimately we haven't finished it off um, we've still been sort of under the cosh towards the, the back end of the game we, we've come out with three points and, and that's 
that needs to be something that becomes a habit rather than necessarily being a one-off and, and it seems to be this season. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, it did, as much as they did have those periods of dominance, you, you always felt like we, we had it in us still to move up a gear and that's new for for mm. a posh side, certainly from my supporting experience. And I guess that's why I was giving it large on the, the Charlton pod. I don't know. Um, Rob, it was, uh, it, it was a, you know, a good, um, uh, all-round performance. One player in particular obviously takes the headlines with Mason Clark getting a double. Um, good performance from him. And also on Friday, an article surfaced that QPR had placed a bid for EMC. Um, Blackburn allegedly sniffing around as well, but I don't think there's been a bid from them at the moment. Would that be a huge loss? Would that be a, a terminal loss for our season, do you think, Rob, if, if Mason Clark was to go? Yeah, I, I think it would be. Um, I did see the article actually, and I, I saw a few of the uh, the QPR fans sort of comment suggesting they're they're probably as broke as we are, to be honest. So I don't know <laughs> quite how much truth's in it, but uh, if there is, if there is truth, then um, yeah, then definitely it would be a huge loss, and it would take some replacing, and a huge settling in period to get anybody up to up to the sort of standard and, and sort of game playing ability that he's currently got. Yeah, for me, it seems like a strange move from him, from his point of view, if it were to happen. It feels like um, it would be almost a sideways move. The, I suppose, Rob, the, the other team that's being linked with him is um, Blackburn. Now, that would be, I feel like, a better move, linking up with, with Sammy. Obviously, Blackburn are, are, you know, are doing well this season. Do, do you feel like that could be more of a realistic transfer for him? Yeah, I, I certainly think... The way that they are sort of currently playing, the results they're getting, and, and the position that they are in the table, albeit it's a, it's a little bit yo-yo, um, it was for a stage, but um, it's probably a little bit more tests of his of his abilities. Um, I think obviously, with QPR having a few managers uh, coming through, a few managerial problems and stuff. It, it may be that it's it's a case that he's he's not sort of going to really too too far better himself than what he's going to currently get if he sticks it out of posh and um, seizes into the champ. Yeah, I just feel that way. Uh, and going back to the the, the Charlton game, uh, Jared, it was um, it was a great performance again all round. But certainly Mason Clark takes the you know takes the headlines with that. What did you make of this one? Were you were you ever in doubt that we were going to see that through? It's a difficult one because you've got your natural pessimistic posh fan brain section of your brain where you think, oh, we're just going to lose three two, but then. You think, hang on, this season's different. We are, we are a better outfit. And I won't lie, I was, I watched the game in parts. I was with producer Danny getting absolutely Peter Pan, so I did miss bits. But um, some of us are committed. Um, well, yeah, you could say. And three times over the season, this guy, and he doesn't even watch the bloody games. But anyway, sorry. Josh Knight really impressed me. Um, I thought he was, he was really good. Um, and yeah, EMC going back to. Him in the bids. I, I can't see him going in January. And one thing I would say about Dara is if he does go, it'll be for a lot of money. Um, QPR, then it's, that's not going to happen. Um, Blackburn, you'd understand it. And if the money's there, then then obviously we'll take it. But for me, I think if that was to happen, you'd have to, rather than looking at a left wing, you'd probably put Ricky J. Jones there maybe and bring in a striker um, to replace Jones at the top. I think that would be the most effective way of not stalling the, the fluidity of the team. Um, so that's what I'd do regarding that. But yeah, hopefully we can just cling on to them. Darren knows how much it's worth to the club to go up. Uh, for me, as it stands, I can't see it's not going up. I really, I think we'll win the league, um, which is unbelievable saying that after what I said in the summer, but that's where we are. So I'm, I can't wait for it. I'm really looking forward to the, the second half of the season. 
What's the the one player, Nathan? Would you say that it would be the player that we just cannot afford to lose this this January? Would it be Efron, or, or is there another player that you would say? Um, Efron's definitely up there. Although I would argue maybe Kipriani. Fair shout. Fair um, shout. As much as I love Collins, and I think he's he's you know the perfect foil for Kipriani. Yeah, I, I don't think if you put De Havilland in there, we'd be as effective. No. As much as I think De Havilland will, will be a good player and, and is a decent prospect, um, I think Kipriano really is that sort of driving force. Um, you know that that sort of box to box all round midfielder that can do a bit of everything and and actually really sort of pushes us forward. So yeah, I think for me, outside of the obvious, which obviously would be a EMC, um, it probably would be him. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Is it? I know that more articles will, will surface. You know, I'm expecting Poku to to get some interest at some point as well. Kipriano is a great shout, the kind of player that goes under the radar, but will you know, a big club will potentially come in and try and sniff him up. One player, and I know we've mentioned him a lot, but one player that I did just want to talk about, and, and Rob, I'll throw this to you actually, because obviously we've we've not got your opinion on this prior. Is Ronnie Edwards, and I'm going to go on record and say this here. I don't think Ronnie Edwards is going to go this January. I don't think he's going this window. He'd probably go in the summer, but we seem to have all got this idea that we've got this big cash windfall come in uh, from Tony and from Edwards. I don't think he's going anywhere this um, this window. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I've, I've heard that crop up so many times that this is the time that Ronnie Edwards is going to go. Palace are after him. Chelsea are after him. The, the number of sort of fairly high profile clubs have, have often been linked, but very little materialises. Whether that's just the bids don't live up and it's it's laughed away or whether they're just leaving it a little bit longer before they they swoop in. Um I suppose as he starts to get more more sort of visibility on his game, the only concern would be is that someone like a palace might jump and think, well, if he disappears off to Chelsea then it's uh, it, it's somebody lost. So but I, I agree. I could I could see him staying. I could see him sort of holding it out. I mean, if he does, it, it certainly it boosts our chances. But yeah, I hope yeah. so. I suppose realistically, though, because obviously the Tony thing is out of our control, and and you know we, it's almost pointless us talking about it because there's no control over that for us. Edwards. I don't think will happen. And if it does, we lose a big chunk of that anyway, allegedly, to to Barnet. So realistically, Rob, we're probably only really looking at JCH in terms of a fee-making transfer this window, unless a bid comes in for someone like EMC that we perhaps didn't see come in. So as much as we've all talked about all this money and we, we kind of feel like as a fan base, we're about to get this kind of, you know, big lorry load of cash turn up, actually maybe that won't happen uh, this January. Yeah, it it really wouldn't su- surprise me. I mean, the JCH thing is um, he's, he's sort of talked about, but he's another one that I could quite easily see sort of staying. He's he's maybe not able to get what he wants and holds out for someone that's just going to pay the pay the wage and and maybe not the upfront cost. Um, I, I could see that happening as well, and we're in a, a good position. But equally, other side of the coin, I could see three or four disappearing and Championship clubs getting getting worried and uh, needing to bolster the attack, but. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying I've said it on uh, socials a few times recently. I just want to get through January and and uh, untouched if possible. Yeah, not really a lot in terms of uh, rumours coming in at the minute, Nathan. I suspect that's probably because there's a lot of question marks around the going out. A uh, couple of players that have cropped up name-wise this week. Jack Marriott has been told he can leave Fleetwood. Uh, I can't imagine there'd be many posh fans that would jump at the chance of taking <laughs> back 
But we do need that squad depth, and I feel like he would suit this squad better than JCH. I don't know. Second player, a player that you mentioned to me in the week, and that's Leo De Silva Lopez, uh, who I just need to, to point out at this point. If anyone, um, well, it's unlikely that anyone follows uh, Belgian football, isn't it? He's out at the moment. Uh, so uh, do yourself a favor and just Google him and see how much physically he's changed. This guy's an absolute beast mode now, isn't he, Nathan? Is he the sort of player that you would you would take back? And just to add to that, sorry. He's only 25. I thought he'd be like, you know, mid-30s on his third mortgage by now. <laughs> um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd take him back because I suspect it'll be a championship club that will go in for him. I think his level is is above us now. Um, potentially, if we, we were in the championship, then I don't see why not. But then also at the same time, our fan base didn't particularly like him when he was here. So um, maybe that might have scarred him a bit. But yeah, he he seems to have developed. I mean, to, to be playing for... Club Bruges in in Belgium, you know they're they're a club that plays European football, you know on the regular. So, you know he's he's clearly a player that's that's actually done all right for himself. And and I think there were moments where he, he was pretty good for Hull as well in the Championship. So he seems to be a player that's that's developed well. Um, but yeah, ultimately I, I don't think that's one that we'd go for, um, and one really that I don't think the player would go for either. Um, if I'm honest. Yeah, we've probably left a bad taste in his mouth. Uh, Jared, I know you were always a, a Marriott fanboy. Would you have him back for rest of the season just as a, a backup player, a bit of squad depth? Yeah, I think on a short-term contract, maybe to the end of the season, um, to replace Clark Harris on the bench, as arrogant as that sounds, Marriott's a brilliant player. But like Nathan said, as a as an impact player, and again, to not to change the way we play, he would be ideal, wouldn't he? Yeah. Just, just touching on what you said, though, Tim, in regards to to Edwards, he's not a, he's not going to be a panic buy, Ronnie Edwards, is he? No one's going to um, like Rob alluded to with attacking players. You often get at the end of a window, someone needs that attacker. They put a load of money in. That's not going to happen with Edwards, I don't think. But what you could get again, like Rob said, is a bigger team coming in for fear of missing out um, in the summer. So I think we will lose Edwards. Um, I don't think it'll be to the end of the window, but I think we'll get him back. Yeah. Um, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dara said that any deal that's done this this January, he would he would come back in on on loan. But I I just don't think the transfer will happen uh, until until the summer. I just don't, I don't you know I get I get what you guys are saying about teams not wanting to to miss out. But I feel like that would only unless we if we accept a bid, then maybe that will start that kind of bidding war process. I don't know. But uh, what we do know is allegedly, according to the, the Evening Telegraph. Um, Crystal Palace have had three bids rejected for for Edwards so far. I would love to know what sort of figures they're um, they're putting on his career. And actually, I, I suppose the thing is, Nathan, Crystal Palace would actually be quite a good move for him because he's he's likely to get in and around that first team a lot sooner than he would someone like Chelsea. In fact, in many ways, you could almost see him being sent back to us on loan this season, but then you know vying for one of those first team spots going into the next. Game. No, completely agree. And I think I said it in our, our chat the other day that I think it's a, a future planning kind of move for them in terms of Gay He when, when he goes eventually or when um Jakim Anderson goes. You know, they're two sort of very, very good centre backs at a Premier League level and two players that I know a lot of clubs are looking at and, and wouldn't mind trying to, to bring in. So I think that's where their mind has gone in, in terms of future proofing and, and planning planning ahead. But, you know, to slightly go back on what Jared was saying about, about Edwards, I, I don't think it will happen, but I do think in the summer it will happen purely because I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the under-21s. Under if he yeah. gets into the England, England under-21s, I think someone will just, yeah, bite the bullet and, and we'll do that deal. Um, right, the, the only... Yeah, 
Right. Right. I think he's only got a year after this summer as well. So he's yeah. we've got to cash in at some right. point, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the the other thing that I wouldn't be surprised by was it would be if it's a German club. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those bites the bullet because they they do like to invest in in sort of UK based talent. And in terms of getting Ronnie out of the club, I, I think it'd be a cheap deal for them. And he'd suit German football absolutely. So yeah, I wouldn't rule that out at the same time. I don't know. I feel like German clubs would only come in for a number nine. <laughs> no, uh, that was dreadful. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about games that didn't happen, uh, Rob. Uh, another fiasco around frozen pitches at the Western Homes this week. So we were due to play Crawley uh, Wednesday evening in the uh, Timpot Trophy. Uh, pitch inspection, 12.30pm. Uh, but the outcome of that from the match official was that it needed to be re-inspected at half two. Half two comes and goes. Match official comes out and says, actually, yeah, this is good to go. Game's on. Uh, give the green light to the Crawley fans and the posh fans. Everyone makes their way towards the stadium. Uh, match official turns up an hour before the game and says, nah, I don't fancy that. It's uh, it's a bit chilly. Game is off. And this is almost like for like what happened against Charlton in the league uh, last year. From Now, Posh distanced themselves and said this was very much the match official's decision. But it's embarrassing, Rob, isn't it? The fact that this has happened again. It is. And it, it, it's almost a carbon copy of the original. I think if it was, I think if it was an isolated incident, you'd say, oh, we tried to do everything we could. Um, I mean, but saying that, it's difficult to know what more we, we could have done. It, it surprises me that the fact that the official was only coming from Ipswich, that they couldn't have suggested him getting there a little bit earlier. I don't quite know how that, that works, but with so many question marks and, yeah, t- two views already, maybe getting him in a little bit sooner to make a decision in wise. But also, a, a novel qualified FA registered match official had inspected the pitch at half two. So surely that match official was given that responsibility to make the decision at that point. And then when the the match match official turns up, um, you know, the, the decision shouldn't then be there for discussion because it's, it's been made prior. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I know that there's player safety concerns, but you can't help but, but feel for the, the four Crawley fans that made the journey up uh, from down south. The only blessing, if there is one, is that the attendance for this would have been about 30 people. But it does raise that kind of red flag concern that maybe... Uh, we've got to be this doesn't appear to happen to any other clubs it feels like it's happened twice now to posh and it's been handled really poorly both times um i, I suppose I, I don't know what rob what else can we do apart from you know i don't know putting heaters on the pitch i don't really know what else we can do at this point to, to stop this happening again i mean I, I saw somebody say with the you know the attendance figures expecting to be sort of nearly 15 they could have just played it in the dome and had everyone sort of stood around the outside. So, I mean, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> that would have been a good return on the investment of um, of Jason's money, actually, that dome, to be fair. That's not a bad shout. Uh, it is, uh, uh, Jared, it's hard. I nearly threw that to Tim then, which was probably a, a sign of how tired I am, the fact that I threw this question to myself. Uh, Jared, this is, a. I mean, it's hard not to say Tim Pot when we're talking about this, isn't it? Yeah, like you said, it always seems to be us, don't it, with these cringy things that happen but whether the club had much control of it um, I just don't understand the logic of 2.30 you know you can literally see the temperatures what they're going to be um, so that's where dec- you've got to stick to that decision then I understand knocking it from 12 to 2 I get that but then after that it's you know balls out the bath stick it on the line and you've said yes let's play the game and to call it off 
so soon as yeah, so soon to kick off was, was ridiculous. But obviously, in the interest of the club, it's terrible for them. They've still got the costs of you know all the all the staff on the on the day they've already started their shift. They're going to be paid for it. So um, it's a disaster for everyone, really, including including the club. It is because it's not like you know we make a huge amount from that competition anyway. But I think it's all the more reason for us to to go on and win it now. Um, just a, a side note, Nathan, around this, the draw was made uh, in absence of the result from that game. Should we? we win that game against Crawley, uh, we would then face AFC Wimbledon at home in the quarterfinals. Um, it feels like there's a route coming here to the point that we need to start caring about this competition. Uh, I think we should care about it regardless. I mean, I think it's always a good tournament in terms of giving us opportunity to to sort of blood some squad players, give them opportunities, you know, put some some youngsters in, which we have done at times, especially in the group stage. So, obviously, now we're at the business end. I think it is a, a case of, you know, we're going to start playing, you know, the, the first team squad, um, you know, in its entirety. So, yeah, I, I think we have a really good opportunity to get to Wembley and I think we're going to take it seriously. Um, and, and ultimately, it'd be great to have another Wembley day out. I was there when, when we won the JPT years and years ago now. Um, and it was a great day. And... Um, you know, to, to have some silverware and a, and a trophy is, is never a bad thing. So, yeah, hopefully we do take it seriously. And, and that's a good draw. I think Wimbledon, they're a good side, but also, you know, we're, we're a league above them and, and we should really be be managing to, to sort of finish that game off and, and get through. Well, you'd like to think we're the strongest team in the tournament now, what we've, yep. you know, our form <clears> and, our, and our league position. But yeah, it's, it is a good point because, you know, as much as we all we all take the piss out of the competition. We'd all go to Wembley, let's be honest, if we, uh, you know, if we do get there. But um, focusing back on the league, though, uh, league table is like so. Now, it was a, a, a strange old day uh, in League One this weekend. Uh, two games abandoned in the first half. Uh, Bolton's game uh, against Cheltenham was called off after a uh, medical emergency with a fan uh, in the first half. Um, and Reading's game with, I think it was Port Vale, was called off following a uh, fan protest. So we lost two games midway through that first period yesterday in any case league table looks like so Pompey stay top uh, we now have a game in hand over Portsmouth so they've played 27 they're on 53 points and they are sinking fast they are in dreadful form they cannot buy a win lost 3-0 I think it finished at home to Leighton Orient this weekend um in woeful, woeful form. Second, we find Posh played 26, 52 points. And then right behind us in third, because of that abandoned game, Bolton have only played 24. So they have two games in hand over us and a game in hand over Pompey. And they're on 51 points. You'd have to say that based on that, Bolton are in the strongest position at the moment. Derby are in fourth. They've played 25 uh, on 49 points. And then Oxford and Barnsley still make up the playoffs. Jarrah thinks we're going to win the league. Um, Rob, where do you see this squad ending should there be little in the way of ins or outs between now and the summer? Little in the way of ins or outs, I'd, I'd probably say we'll, we'll finish where we currently are. Um, I think Bolton have, have got the quality and the, obviously the extra games in hand. But the, only, the only thing is, as as, as the, the games in hand need to be made up, sometimes it can it can work in your favour that they're going into them a little bit more tired. So, um, you know, with, with our schedule sort of back on track after next week, it's... Um, it may play into our favour, and we may be able to sort of uh, nick into nick into first spot. But I, I think it's Urs and Bolton that goes up if things sort of player wise stays there. Yeah, it's it's looking that way. I mean, I'm I'm fully expecting you know a team will still find form, but it's usually about now, Nathan, isn't it? That a team starts to pull away a little bit. You maybe get one or two that keep up with them initially, but it feels like now is the time to hit the accelerator. That said, as much as we are playing well, and it feels odd saying this on the back of the Derby game and the Charlton game, it does feel like. 
maybe we're stuttering a touch. I can't really describe it because we're still playing well. I just feel like we've got a blip coming. Whether that's related to transfers or not, I don't know. It just feels like maybe we just need to perhaps temper the, the expectations just a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I do also think maybe that's just a result of the hectic Christmas period in that you have a lot of games. You you know, the Christmas period is difficult regardless. Um, you know, we've had a lot of league games. We've had a few cup games chucked in there as well. Um, you know, you've had, you know, players leaving, i.e. like Kyoso and, and Sturge and, you know, a lot of movement and a lot of um, speculation as well when it comes to transfers. So I think it is just, you know, maybe a result of the time rather than necessarily us sort of having a bit of a stutter. But as I said earlier, the, the point being here is that, you know, it's a really good sign that while we might not be playing to our absolute maximum and, and you know, finishing teams off within the first half an hour that, that you know, some league winners would do, I think it's good that we're, we are still winning games even when we're not playing well. And that's a trait that, that can only do us do us sort of positively towards the back end of the season. But yeah, as you say, we, we could well be going towards a blip, but... I'm hopeful that it's just a case of, of it being the, the kind of time of the year, really. Yeah, I suppose carrying on from that, Jared, interesting uh, little stat. Prior to um, EMT's double yesterday, we had no players in the top 10 in terms of the league's top scorers. Uh, so we're on this amazing run of form. We're doing really, really well, but it's not all pinpointed on one particular part of this squad at the moment. There's no one player that's, that's putting us into this position. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing as we, we go into the back end of the season? No, good thing. It's, it's foreign land to us, isn't it? We normally got that um, one player who's putting them all away. So I think it's a good thing. The goals are spread out. Should we lose one or, you know, one goes uh, is on the treatment table for a month or so, you've got other people to chip in. So no, for me, that's a, that's a positive. I think that's another reason why the team's so good to watch. It's not, you know, in, in the past we've had, let's say, JCH where you're playing completely for him. Um, but this is, there's so many players getting involved in the, in the last third of the pitch. That's what I honestly love watching this football club at the minute. I think I've said it before, but in my time watching the posh, however long that is, 17, 18, 20 years, it's um, it's the best I've ever seen us play. Your counting is coming on really well. I'm proud of you, Jared. That was that was really impressive. Cheers, man. Thank you. you know, we'll get your spelling down um, at some point soon as well, but that is that was really impressive. Good stuff. Uh, all I do know is that we are well into, well, we're well past that that hectic Christmas, uh, Christmas period. Now is when our form is usually tanked, and yet we still find ourselves with a game in hand over the league leaders. So it is a good time to be a posh fan. A quick break, and then we will look ahead to Shrewsby Shrewsbury. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so one uh, element that I forgot to cover on the last pod, apologies, I have had a dressing down from uh, producer Danny, and it's not what you would expect of host this season, let's be honest. I forgot the uh, Ivan Tony Award for December. So I need some nominations from you fellas for the Peter United best player uh, for uh, December. And this is tough because there was a lot of games played, a lot of players stood out. Um, I'll start with with you, Nathan. Uh your nomination, sorry, I apologise. I mean, I'm just putting you on the spot. I'm expecting, you know, big things from you this episode. So I'll throw it straight to you. Um, sure. Your uh, Ivan Tony nomination for December. Um, I don't want to be really, really obvious and go for Ronnie because it, it should really be him. Um, but you can I will be obvious be... if you want. You, well, no, I, just, I, no, I want to be a bit more obscure, Tim. You've, you've okay. made me raise a bar and I'm going to, you know, raise you to it. Next um, yeah. I, <laughs> um, I'd probably say Randall, you know. I think he's had a really, really good, good month, um, month and a half so far since since the start of December. I think he's been really, really good. And also, oddly enough, I think I might have even mentioned this in in our chat um, with some of those Christmas games. I took my dad to to two of the games, and I asked him basically who he thought was was the best player on the pitch for us, and, and who he really, really liked. And he knows the squad, but not not sort of massively, um, you know, au fait with names and, and players. But but yeah, he said Randall. He said he thought he was the best player on the pitch and, and looked a cut above. So, yeah, I think Randall for me. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because Sam Edwards said something similar on a, a previous episode. He was chatting to a Stevenage fan who he's friends with yeah. and the Stevenage yeah. fan said something along those sort of lines after they played us. Uh, Sam said, who are you most impressed with? And uh, and yeah, he said, you're, you're number 14, which is, is Randall. So it does feel like he's gaining some traction. So we will take Randall as nomination one. Jared, uh, your nomination for the Ivan Tony Award, please. I'm going to be obvious and say Ronnie Edwards. Um, I think, well, we've not stopped applauding, applauding him, have we? He's been absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, Ronnie Edwards for me. There is. And uh, Rob, your nomination, please. Uh, I'm not going to be too obvious as uh, the others who have been taken. Um, so, I'm going to have to go with, I thought Nathan was going to opt for, actually, uh, Kiprianu. I think he's mm. uh, he's really done a job, but not necessarily someone that uh, sort of springs to mind as uh, as a nominee for the uh, the award, yeah, he does that. He does that dirty work, Danny. He's the engine. You've left us with a, a three way tie, which means unfortunately it falls onto my shoulders. Uh, I'm going to be even more awkward. I'm actually going to go for Critchlow. No, um, I don't know. This is a this is tough because all three of them could easily be in with a shout. I, I know we've mentioned Kipriano a fair bit this season. We've certainly championed him a lot on this pod, and he does feel like he's become. I would say he's probably become the first name on the team sheet now, uh, if I'm honest. I feel like he's become that good for us. Um, I, I fear losing him almost more than the likes of EMC or, or, or Poco, if I'm honest. Um, so he's a great shout. Uh, Edwards, you're right, Jared, you can't, really, you can't really discount where he's at at the moment. I do feel like he's been, I don't want to say inconsistent, but maybe we've seen perhaps a variation maybe in his performances maybe over the last month or two. Um, maybe I'm being a touch harsh there. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then Randall is a, is another cracking shout because I've, again, there's that kind of backstory with Randall isn't there. And I know that we, well, I in particular have always been quite critical of Randall. I think looking back specifically over December, 
I, I think I'd have to say Joel Randall for this month, if I'm honest. I feel like he, I feel like he's, he's, he's. I don't know. He's just stepped up, and he, like Kipriano, who we've talked about a lot. Randall has become one of those players that I don't feel we could do without now, and I don't think it's any, um, it's any secret the fact that our good form has been tied into the fact Kipriano and Randall have both come good at the right sort of time. To be honest. Um, so yeah, let's go with Randall for this one. Uh, Joe Randall, congratulations, Ivan Tony Award winner for December. I'm sure he's thrilled with that, by the way, because he's you know we've been nothing but positive about Joe Randall on this pod. So I'm sure he's delighted to the fact that we uh, we've we've uh, we've given him that accolade uh, this weekend. Then at home to Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, who it feels like we play every week at the moment. It feels like we're always talking about a Shrewsbury game coming up. Um, last time we played them was two days before Christmas away at their place. We won two one. Could have been more comfortable, if I'm honest. They are struggling. They've uh, lost four of the last five. They are 17th uh, in the table. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, Nathan. What are you expecting from... Well, it's not tough. I don't know why I'm saying that, but this is a tough one to predict. Maybe let's go with that. Uh, what are you predict, uh, expecting from this one? Um, yeah, no, I would expect us to win that. You know, you, you can't be second in the league and, and not kind of expecting to be 17th in the league, kind of as as we've alluded to before. So, yeah, I, I think definitely we, we should be winning this um, comfortably. But, you know, it, it is, as I've mentioned, that kind of festive period. I know we're coming sort of out on the, the back end of that, but, you know, it, it is a testing time. Um, I know we might have had a few knocks as well in, in that Charlton game from what I could hear in, in Fergie's um, sort of, post-match press conference so yeah hopefully we'll come through and it'll be a comfortable win but um it could potentially be a, a tricky one in terms of obviously yeah fatigue and, and a lot of a lot of games recently uh jared what are you expecting from shrewsbury shrewsbury yeah i think we might be a bit leggy like nathan said but i think quality will shine through i'm expecting a three nil win and that is my uh, prediction oh you've, you've asked for predictions then yeah no i haven't and you do this every time you you can't well, go off this. honestly how, is this guy how can you say how can you say, how do you think the game will go? What are you expecting? I'm expecting a 3 0 fucking win. Well, we'll get to that. But how has this guy won host of the season three times? You can tell that it was just you and Kisby, you know. It wasn't. I beat you as well, so. Well, yeah, but you know that first season. Because you keep judging people's looks, Tim. That's why. Oh, that way, didn't it? Yeah. I just, I've, I'm... Sat there judging as he looks like a malnutrition Philip Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what are you expecting from Shrewsbury? <laughs> I'm really glad Jared went first because I was about to say the score as well. If you'd have picked me next, to be totally fair, I only do it to wind him up. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, exactly as Nathan said, we should we should be uh, we should be easily winning that with a position. I mean, it all depends whether they've got their their greatest player, which is the wind, which won goal of the month at the time before, <laughs> yeah. uh, playing or not. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a fair that's a fair point. I mean, they are um, they are a team that we we should be beating. Uh, interesting fact. Uh, about Shrewsbury, they have scored the least number of goals considerably in League One. They just do not score, um, apart from the goal they scored against us. But you would like to think that that bodes well for us because defensively we're pretty solid this year and we're scoring for fun. So you'd like to think that we're in a good uh, a good position for this one. Nathan, your score prediction, please. Uh, 3-1. 3-1. Jared, what would your score prediction be for the um, the Shrewsbury game? Two nil Shrewsbury. No, uh, two nil yeah. posh. Two nil. I was sure you said three 0 first time round. I did. I just said I was joking. Two nil Shrewsbury, and I said three nil posh. Oh, sorry. I thought it said two nil posh. My bad. See, this is what happens Jeez. when you you just ruin the order of play. Honestly, you're just a menace to this pod at this point. Uh, Rob, your prediction for uh, Shrewsbury? I'm going four nil posh. Oh, always going big. 
going big. I like it. Uh, prediction League update for you. Uh, squadron leader Jetwash, uh, top on 20 points. David Dillaway, Dell and Kyle Irving, second, third and fourth with 16. Uh, Josh Mackey and Seamus Walker on 15. Emerald Posh is on 12. Jared has shot up the leaderboard recently. Uh, he is on 11 points. Producer Danny and myself <laughs> make up the top 10 on 10 points. Jared has used his triple chip. He used it against Charles. How did that go for you, uh, Jared? Not quite right. I uh, think I predicted three one and not two one. So it's annoying. Well, you weren't far away. You weren't far away at all. I think I used it on a game and predicted that um, we were going to lose to Shrewsbury uh, first time round. So I, I, yeah, I essentially wasted mine. Uh, Nathan, any interest in using your triple chip for this game? No, no. Uh, Rob, you going big with a triple chip prediction at four nil, or, or you? I have. Yeah, I have gone triple chip on this have one. You? I must admit, very confident. <laughs> At a 4 0. I tell you what, I feel like you should get extra points predicting such a bold scoreline. Andrew. Do you only get one one chip or chip in the season? Yeah, oh, quell surprise. Jared wants more chips. Yeah. Um, Listen. Oh, that's, that's rough. That is. That's rough. <laughs> that's I don't know what's got into me tonight. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to. It's a good job as a video call. I'm strangling you. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I act all big and clever because I'm two hours away from you. I wouldn't say it to your face. But uh, okay, I need to predict this one. Um, as much as I think there's a blip coming, I can't see us losing this one. Um, let's. Get, what score did you say, Nathan? Did you say three? I said three-one. Three-one. Jared, you said three, didn't you? I'm going to say. Don't ask me again. <laughs> I'm going to say. I'll play it safe. I'll say two-nil. Uh, posh for this one. Um, yeah, two-nil posh. Goal in each half. Uh, <clears throat> solid performance. One of those ones that you just chalk off. Uh, and our brand new, uh, yet to be announced signing. Uh, will score. Uh, that'll be a right back Kyoso. Imagine the scenes. Sign Kyoso this week and he scores at the weekend with the captain's armband. That would be uh, that would be sound. Um, quick visit then to the Yellow Block's greatest ever eleven. So we initially decided this during lockdown. Um, during that time, we released loads of extra episodes to give you guys something to listen to. I know not all heroes wear capes. Uh, over the course of the season, though, we're going to try and get some new host forts uh, and then settle the greatest 11 once and for all. We've not had time, if I'm honest, because there's been a lot going on to revisit this much. So, so far, we've only looked at the goalkeeping and right-back positions. Goalkeeper changed from David Seaman to Mark Tyler, um, thanks to Mr. Sam Edwards, and the right-back stayed the same at Mark Little, again, thanks to Mr. Sam Edwards. So, moving on to centre-back, current we have Ryan Bennett in the right side of centre-back. Uh, the only rule that we have here is you must have seen them play. So, uh, Gabriel Zakawani is is the other centre-back, Nathan, if that affects your decision-making at all. Um, would you keep ch- or change Ryan Bennett in that position? I would keep Ryan Bennett, yeah. Brilliant. So, the feature that we use to try and stretch out the duration of the podcast, Nathan's input is, yep. Yeah. The other centre-back I would have a debate with, though, to be fair. All right, well, let's do it then. Let's do centre-backs. So, Ryan Bennett is in. Who's your second centre-back? It'd be Ronnie, obviously. As is much it? as I love Gabby, okay. as much as I love Gabby, he was a fantastic centre-back and he'd head anything and he'd get in the way of anything. His ball-playing from centre-back wasn't wasn't particularly Horrendous. It was terrible. Um, and Ronnie just, I think, has everything. So, yeah. And I think Ronnie will go on and be a Premier League player, um, kind of like Ryan Bennett was. So, yeah, I think it's just obvious it has to be Ronnie. Um, but special mention to Gabby because he was great. Well, I don't know if you remember, Jared, but this caused a lot of controversy first time around because I didn't think Gabriel Zakawani should have been in the greatest eleven. So I'm pleased that you picked him from that. And it was- yeah, we had a we had a 
heated chat about that, didn't we? <laughs> you can't, uh, and don't get me wrong, he was a horrendous footballer. And, you know, if he had been our team now, it'd be a disaster. But um, just a, a, a tremendous vendor, defender, very, very good. Tremendous vendor, Rob. Would you? Are you? I mean, you're. You know, you're kind of uh, guilty by association if we get a lot of backlash to this. Just so you know. So, um, as it stands, then Ryan Bennett and Ronnie Edwards. Are you happy with that? Isn't it greatest eleven? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, Exodus Gahegan's got to get a shout somewhere. Well, <laughs> so I made a huge case for Big X first time round, and it got laughed out. And they put bloody Zakawani in over Big X. So I'm with you on that, Rob. 100. percent well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll form that club as well then. Yeah, I feel like we should just do our own. Screw the rest of them. We'll just have Big X playing in uh, in every position. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, only last bit, of, I just wanted to quickly touch on, uh, and it's kind of circling back around to the Charlton game. We just need to quickly talk goalkeepers. Um, Steer started, that could have been a tongue twister, uh, over um, Tally. Nathan... I mean, it's probably the most unsurprising change in so much as most of the fan base expected it. However, Dara did come out when we signed here and said that he would play back up to Tally. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, it's not his choice, I, is it? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. it, it, you know, Jared yeah, made a very, very good point. You know, he's, he's not fully inside Fergie's mind and he's not always going to know necessarily what Fergie's thinking. Um in terms of Flynn Talley, though, I think he has been really, really good. And as Fergie said in his his um, press conference, he said, you know, I'd be annoyed if I were him because he's done nothing wrong. Um, but when you've got a goalkeeper that's, you know, played a hell of a lot of minutes in the Championship and has been a Premier League goalkeeper at times as well, it's a no-brainer, unfortunately. For, for Talley, it's a no-brainer. And from what I can gather yesterday, Jed Steer was, was great, made a, a few important saves and... You know, just adds a, a sort of element of calmness and, and experience at, at the back, and, and that's never a bad thing. Um, and he could be a player that can help us get over the line if, if he's here long enough. Um, so, yeah, I don't see why why um, anyone would have a problem with, with Jed Steer starting. Yeah, is that thoughts you echo, Robbie? Were you happy to see Steer get the, the nod for this one? Yeah, same. I thought he'd get the nod for, for the Crawley game, and then you'd have a bit of a 50 50 oh, yeah. as to who's played. But obviously, after what happened, it happened. and I guess Fergie didn't listen to the Hard Truth podcast that week. So, um, yeah, to to make the decision himself. Yeah, as, as much as, you know, Jared, we all expected him to, to come in. Um, I do feel like Tally made Fergie's decision a little bit easier with his performance against Leeds. He wasn't horrendous against Leeds, don't get me wrong, but certainly in those first 10 minutes, he was... He was poor, he looked nervous. So I do feel like that maybe made it a little bit easier for Fergie to use as an excuse to go, well, you know, I'm sorry, but but Steer gets the nod now. Yeah, I think it's. I think Fergie uh, struggled with the decision. I watched the same interview Nathan did, and it wasn't a decision he took lightly. I don't think. But like again, like Nathan said, it's it is a no-brainer. Jed Steer, he's actually a signing I've heard of, and as Bosch fans, we normally have to get straight on Wikipedia, and normally they've not got a Wikipedia page either. So to actually be able to read about his career, he spent ten years at Aston Villa. Obviously, Nathan mentioned it on loan at many Championship clubs. So yeah. To settle a back four as well, having a player like him is a, is a great signing. And I think he'll end up being our keeper for the rest of the season as well. Even when um, Billy Cappage comes back in, I think he'll really, he'll struggle to get back into the lineup. But um, just going back to Darren, I've got a lot of respect for him, you know, I have. But I, I wish he wouldn't have come out and said that. I just thought it was completely unnecessary. He doesn't know. It's not up to him if he plays or if he's on the bench or anything like that. So all that does is just put more eyes on the decision, doesn't it? And, you know, we're talking about it now. And because, you know, 
it, d- it did bring more attention to it. So, yeah, I think that was a bit of an error on his part. Yeah. The, the thing with that, right, is that if you're bringing in a goalkeeper of Jed Steer's quality and experience, there is no way you don't play him. There is no way from his point of view that he signs the contract if he's quite literally going to sit on the bench for weeks. It's, it's, he he it's come not. in knowing he was going to be at start, yeah. didn't he? It, it's the conversation that was that. If, if they said you're going to come in and, and play a second fiddle to our young goalkeeper, he wouldn't have been there. He's no. there for game time. He's, he's probably there to get another contract next season in the Championship. And yeah, we all know it's very obvious what's going on there. Yeah, and and as like I said, as much as I think Flynn Talley has has been really really good, he's never really put a foot wrong. Beside maybe at times, as Tim mentioned in the Leeds game, there there is no way that you don't start a goalkeeper of of um, of Steers' quality. You you just don't. It's it's obvious. Yeah, and it's difficult for keepers, isn't it? And Talley will be aware of this. You you're always kind of you have to earn your stripes, and even then, anyone can come in at at that point and be more experienced than you. And it's not a position where you know you can come on in the seventieth minute and try and stamp your authority on the game and make that spot your own, isn't it? It's you get very limited opportunities to to kind of, you know, to make that spot. But I think, you know, credit to Tally if he if he stays professional, um, you know, stays at the club. But let's be honest, he was only ever bought in as back as in Tally was only ever bought in initially as backup, wasn't he? He was he was back up to Belo and probably Blackmore if he hadn't got injured. So I, I feel like the game time Tally ha- has had this season is probably greater than what he may have expected anyway. Uh, but it does feel harsh. The, the other thing as well is is if you want Tally to be the starting goalkeeper while Belo is out, then go and sign a Premier League kid on loan for, for three months or yeah. six months. Yeah. That's what you would do. You'd save the cost rather than spending all the money on what I would imagine Jed Steer's wages are, which would probably be at least a few fair few grand. Mm. Um, that would be what you would do. But it yeah, it's clear that Jed Steer is going to be the starting goalkeeper if... Bela Kapic comes back in time and, and they want to sort of persist with him. But if not, then I wouldn't be surprised if, as Jared said, that Steer is, is the starting goalkeeper for the rest of the season and potentially even beyond that. Have you not noticed a pattern, though? In 2011, Joe Lewis was our keeper. Paul Jones had to come in. Last time we got promoted, uh, Warwick Davis was our keeper. And then um, Mosley Chops had to come in. Uh, Joe Bersick. Bersick, uh, and then yeah, again, what a guy. What a guy. He was brilliant, wasn't he? And then, um, obviously, now, Villa Kapic and we've got Jed Steer yeah. featuring Finn Talley. So, yeah, it could be... Uh, and we all got promoted, didn't we? So, it could be a sign of things to come. Could be a good omen. You're, you're absolutely right. It's uh, Yeah, it remains to be seen, I suppose, how, how that plays out. But it does feel like um, it adds a lot of uh, of experience. And, it, like, you know, it makes him... It brings the average age of the squad up considerably as well, having, having Jed Steer in. But, no, it's going to be a good thing, I think. Good. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on the socials or visit our website www.yellowblock.co.uk. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you as well, Harry Potter, as always, for joining us. And Mr. Farmer, I appreciate your input uh, as well, as always. Uh, we will be back in a week looking back at the Shrewsbury Shrewsbury game and looking forward to Lincoln away, which is up the park. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.